Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great show for you today, so we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Hey, Amber. It's uh, good to be here with you today. And before we get to talking about leadership, um, as the resident swim coach here on the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, I need an update. How did your daughter do at her very first swim meet? Well, like we, I, like I told you last week, we had no idea what to expect. So we just kind of went in there like, hey, do your best and we'll see what happens. But on the way to the meet, I said, you know, so what are your goals? Like, what, what are you hoping happens today? Like, I know you're going to try your best, but what are you hoping for? She's like, honestly, I just don't want to do anything that would get me disqualified. And I didn't even know that was a thing because again we're super new to the sport and i'm like well what will get you disqualified so she went through the list of all the things that are on her mind and i'm like oh man like to me that seemed like a lot of pressure but i just said hey if if it happens you're probably not the first person that it's happened to you're definitely not going to be the last but just do your best we're going to celebrate however you do and then we'll move on from there but we got all done and she had a blast like she had so much fun you know we talked last week about we don't know how fast she is or what her times were supposed to be so she just did her best and she felt really good about it and yeah it was a great day and so then now we're like okay the next one's coming up soon and now she's thinking about okay what do i want my times to be how do i want to prove but overall it was pretty great well, that's good to hear. Um, in fact, today I'm pretty excited because we're talking about leaders lay out the blueprint, right? And so I think uh, your daughter's in a great place with her coach and with her teammates because now now sh they can really lay out that, that blueprint and see where she needs to go and where the team needs to go from here. And I know it's exciting because now the kids kind of have an understanding. They have a feel. They've gotten those opening butterflies out, but now it's time to actually get stuff done. So uh, that's good. It's good to hear. I'm glad she did well. Yeah, that's great. Well, that leads us into our first point for the day, which is leaders define success for the team. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, leaders define success for a team. And really, Amber, it's the sole responsibility, right, of the leader of the team to define what success looks like for everybody else. So whether it's your daughter and her swimming, or it is somebody who's in a band or somebody who works for a company, there's a leader somewhere within that organization. And it's the leader's responsibility to make sure that things get done. So you can't really do anything until you define what success is. In fact, that's probably one of the more important parts of the beginning process for any team. And uh, John Wooden, uh, one of my favorite coaches of all time, right, from UCLA basketball, said this one time. He said, look, I don't care how tall you are. I care how tall you play. And let me tell you, this is such a great lesson for me as a swim coach, because I tell my swimmers, and you can tell your daughter this, you can always just say, if you want to sound smart, just say, Coach Mo, <laughs> Coach Mo said you need to swim taller. Because it doesn't really matter how tall you are. If you don't swim tall, then you're not going to get everything out of 
what you need to within your race or uh, within a game. And Coach Wooden knew this. He said, it doesn't matter how much talent you have. He wants to make sure he utilizes that talent in the proper way. And so when it comes down to it, my job as a leader of any organization is to help my people understand what success means. And it's uh, really funny because leaders don't really think about this uh, very much. And if you take that understanding of knowing that success is needing to be defined, then you're really going to have somewhere to start from. But of course, Amber, this goes for life. It goes for the personal parts of us. It goes for the business parts of us. And there's a great uh, quote from a guy named uh, Glenn. Uh, I think it's Glenn Yapis. And he said this in an article in Forbes magazine one time. He said, leaders in the workplace must recalibrate their definition of success so that it's based on opportunities and, ad and advancements that create for others what they need to do, not just for themselves. And what he meant when he said that, and that's kind of a paraphrase of how I remember reading it, is that leaders, if you are in the workplace, it is always your job to recalibrate what the definition of success is for your team. You can't put that on your people. If your people are looking to succeed, they're ultimately going to look to you because they can do the greatest job in the world, but if they don't know what they're trying to do or what they're trying to achieve, they're always going to look back to you and think, but did I do a good job? And so I would say this, successful leadership is something that happens naturally when a leader does this, when a leader focuses on the true, on the true impact of his or her actions. So Amber, let me ask you this. How was uh, your, de your definition of success when you first started? And how has your definition of success as a leader changed over even the past couple of years? I would say that my definition of success was based on how well I could wing it. And sadly, I think <laughs> that there are a lot of leaders that really value that skill of I can just show up and wing it and things may go great, which would prove what a great leader I am, or things could go bad and I could say, oh, well, you know, after all, I was just winging it. And I, I didn't realize that I was defaulting and not planning and not even setting goals, but it just was like, well, sometimes I don't know what's gonna happen. So luckily I'm a good enough leader to wing it. And <laughs> you did not like that definition well, of success. <laughs> and Amber, I mean, really, we talked about defining what success means with you and your team, because I remember when we had those conversations in the beginning, your team was doing great. In fact, they were doing great in spite of you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, isn't that always how it is? Yeah. We have so many talented people that are looking towards us. And in fact, leaders, you probably have people, and I hope you have people on your team that are way more talented than you. I'm never trying to be the smartest person in the room. I'm never trying to be the most talented person in the room. That's why I'm the coach. If I was the best, I'd be out there performing and getting it all done all by myself. Mm -hmm. But if you can't do that, like all of us leaders out there, you need to take the proper uh, approach. And the proper approach would be to define what success means. So Amber, tell me a little bit more about what it meant for you to hone in on defining what success meant for your team so that you could use the efforts that they were already giving and were already awesome and that you could put them in the right direction. 
Well, I think I think that's the key. It's defining success for the team where I was misguided and and honestly because I, I just hadn't learned it yet and I didn't have anybody walking with me saying this is how we define success but I was looking at what does it look like for me to show up and be successful I wasn't thinking about the team at all which I hate to say there were people that I loved and valued, but I didn't know how to define success for them because I hadn't taken enough time to look at our organization, what goals we were going for, who they were as individual team members, and then what I could do to help support them so they could be successful. It's a misguided understanding to think that a leader can show up and be successful without their team when really a leadership is only a leader is only as successful as they have helped their team be successful. And that was when I realized that and you started helping me understand what that looked like. It changed everything for me. I no longer looked at hey, did I show up today and was I successful? It's like, did I show up and do everything I could to help them be successful? And then we could celebrate their successes. And it it was incredible. Yeah, and Amber, if I could say one more thing on this point, uh, I would say this. In, In the blueprint of success, if you don't define, if you don't take the time to do that, you're going to you're gonna do two things here. One, you're going to make sure that your team fails because there is no measure of success at that point. And secondly, and more importantly, Amber, you're really going to hurt people for the long haul. And Kevin Cobb always talks about the long haul and what it means to be a leader for the long term, a leader for years to come. And too many people out there, when they're leading a team, they're just thinking, like you said, Amber, you said, I was just showing up and I was just trying to get it right myself. But if we can't move from that and start defining success for the team and the organization, we're going to hurt a lot of people in the process. And then they're going to leave and they're going to be disgruntled and they're going to go somewhere else. And they're going to say, man, I really didn't like that organization because, well, I just can't really put my finger on it. But Amber, when somebody tells me that they didn't like their other organization that they were in before, I already know what to put my finger on and it's the leadership. So leaders, if you're out there, you have to define success. The blueprint is about defining success first and foremost for your people. Yeah, I, I think about team members that I had 15 years ago on my team, and I, I am fortunate enough to know them still now. And I look at them and think, these are unbelievable people that I didn't see and recognize, and I did not set them up for success like I could have. And that's why they weren't still on my team. They just happen to be people that I still know. And so that's unfortunate. But luckily, leaders, we have other opportunities. We have another chance today to do things differently. So Mo, what is the next action that leaders need to take to lay out a blueprint? The second thing that leaders do is this. Leaders promote success for the team. It's the leader's job and the leader's job alone to promote success for the team. Now, everybody else wants to be successful, but you as the leader have to promote that success. If something goes wrong, It's nobody's fault, but your own. (laughs) If you start to put the blame on other people, then I'm gonna tell you this right now, you're not the leader. 
You might be the manager of the company. You might be the leader of the team and name, but you are not the leader if you are the one who's making excuses. It's your fault always, right, Amber? (laughs) I, I think we've gone over that so many times. And you have to stop blaming everybody else or anybody else when things go wrong. You see, if somebody under your care does something wrong, it's still your fault. Because if they do something wrong, it's your fault for not for not uh, explaining it the right way or making sure that you were involved in the process enough. So leaders, you have to really just do this. Stop complaining. In fact, John Wooden, his favorite, uh, one of the favorite things that he would say to his teams every year, he would give his two sets of three. And the first set of three would be this. Uh, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Steal. Okay, I mean, that makes sense, right? Don't don't lie to your, your teammates. Uh, don't, don't cheat them out of anything and don't steal anything from them. But second of all is this. Don't whine, don't complain, (laughs) don't make excuses. And leaders, you need to know that leaders don't do any of these things. They don't whine, they don't complain, and they they don't make excuses. There's enough people on your team already to do all those things. Trust me, you're, you're thinking of them right now and let them do all those things. It's your job to help your people get away from that. But you can't do that unless you take full responsibility. And I know, I know, I know it's not fair, but you know what? Life's not fair. And the bottom line is this hard work wins. When your team sees you putting in the effort, they're going to do exactly what you're doing. Because if you're working hard and jumping into the water with them and and tackling the the hard issues, if you're rolling up your sleeves and getting down in the mud and and getting dirty, they're going to see that. And then they're going to say, man, why am I complaining? Why don't I just get down there and do the work? My leader's doing the work. And you will be surprised that if you stay away from that whining or complaining or making excuses, that your people are going to just jump on that train and they're going to be right with you all the way. Amber, am I, am I, am I being too harsh here? (laughs) (laughs) What's that saying? The truth hurts. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. Trust me. Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, we, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I used to think my excuses were brilliant that I had really thought them through. And, you know, Amber, you, you had some great excuses. And I remember we would start out our meetings. You'd say, Mo, before we get started. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh man, here we go. So, but they, they, were some good excuses so for leaders out there if you want some good excuses we've all given we've all given the good ones right (laughs) yes and if you'd like them i can help you i can give you some of mine um but you know mo you didn't buy any of them you you were interested in results and solutions you know you would always say yeah those are real problems It, it wasn't that my excuses weren't valid necessarily they were based on actual obstacles but that's not a reason to not find a solution. And well, so we and Amber, to, yeah. it, 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 if I can say this, the reason why I'm so good at pointing out excuses is because I have made all of those excuses. You can ask Kevin. Remember, because I remember we would be talking, Amber, you look at, I could tell you were looking at me across the table like, you dog, I know, what, why are you, why are you being so hypocritical? And I always would tell you, Amber, I've made this mistake a thousand times. And you know what? It, it, it hurts. And you're right. The truth does hurt. And Kevin used to bang me over the head with the truth all the time. But you know what? If we can't help other people see those before they happen, then 
you might have to, uh, you might get to the place where you get a, around one of those and you might not destroy some people like I did or like you did, right, Amber? And so <laughs> that's what we're trying to do here, right? So um, what is success to you then, Amber, in this point? Really success for me in this season is is getting to know my team, getting to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. We talk about that a lot helping them identify what do they want to do how what do they want to accomplish within within the goals of our organization how are they unique and and um gifted and talented in a way that's going to enrich the goals of the organization and also be fulfilling for them and so it's really getting to know them and then it's helping them set goals for themselves. Okay, here's where we are. Here's where we want to go as a team and as an organization. Where do you want to go? And and helping them define that for them as well. And then my whole goal, my whole measure of success is am I providing them the resources to be successful? And am I giving them the opportunities to grow in those areas that they wanted to grow? And that's what I do. That's what I show up every day doing is, do I know them? Do I know what they're going after? What am I doing to provide them the opportunity to grow in that? And am I making sure I am doing everything within my power to provide them the resources to be successful? If I can do that for them, then I've, I've achieved success for me and for my organization. Well, Amber, Coach John Wooden also says this, a leader must be what he wants the team to be. Your example counts the most. And so my question would be this, for our leaders out there, what is the example that you are promoting for your team? Are you promoting success? Because I think one of the first things that you and I went over, Amber, right, was that we have to understand that there are problems on the team and that every problem is, is your fault, right? And every problem on my team is my fault. And I, I know you remember me saying this, you know what? You get what you tolerate. <laughs> I remember hearing that so many times from one of my earlier mentors in life. He said, Mo, you get what you tolerate. Whenever I wanted to complain about something, he would say, Mo, you get what you tolerate. That's it. End of story. The only reason anybody on your team does anything or anything bad or good is because you allow it. Let me illustrate by saying this. I've been coaching swim for the better part of my life. And in fact, probably for the last quarter century or so now, <laughs> and no swimmer, absolutely no swimmer in the history of swimming, including your daughter, Amber, or anybody else on her team, whether they're in high school or whether they're six years old or they're 60 years old, no swimmer likes to get into a cold pool in the morning. It just doesn't happen. Michael Phelps even said in an interview when he was in the Olympics, he still hates it. <laughs> Those swimmers will do everything they can to dance around the issue of having to inevitably jump in that cold water in the morning, but they have to do it. So me as a swim coach, I have to decide how important that small issue is. Help us understand that. What does that mean deciding how important the small issue is? Well, uh, so think about it this way. All of my teams are different. I've coached college, I've coached high school, uh, I've coached club and everything in between. And so I might give a little bit of leeway for my club swimmers and I hope none of 
none of them or their parents are listening out there right now uh, because now now they're going to know my secrets, right? Um, but I might give a little bit more leeway for my club swimmers because, Amber, they, they swim about 364 days out of the year. <laughs> That's what they do. Whereas my college kids, they're only in for a certain amount of months a year. And my high school kids, they're only in for even less of time. And so I have to decide as a coach, what am I? what's important to me? What am I promoting? And people might be thinking out there, does does that really matter, Mo? Yeah, it matters. Me keeping the standard matters. My team needs to know what I expect of them. I'm the one that decides that. I'm the one who promotes that. And and it, it, there's not one way of going at that. Whether I, I let them kind of, you know, uh, if I let my, my club swimmers take a little bit more time to get in or if I'm yelling and screaming at my college swimmers, neither one is right or wrong. It just, it just comes down to what do I want to achieve? What am I promoting as a leader? And everything that I do, Amber, even down to that little detail, I'm thinking to myself, how am I promoting success for this team at this specific time? So back to what we said earlier, there's no reason for me to whine or complain or make excuses. I'm the one at fault if something goes wrong and I don't like the way that people are responding to my leadership. Yeah, I, I've seen some of your uh, pictures on Snapchat of it being like 40 something degrees and raining <laughs> and you're in a beanie and all bundled up and your swimmers are in the water. And I just That's... think to myself, I am so glad I was never one of most swimmers. <laughs> <laughs> So Mo, why don't you tell us what is the third and final action that leaders need to do if they're going to lay out a blueprint for their team? For leaders to lay out the blueprint, the third thing is this, leaders celebrate success with their team. Now, I just spent the last several minutes telling you that life is hard and it's going to be tough and we got to do this and we got to do that or you're going to fail. Well, if you do the right things, you are going to have great measures of success and as you can tell, right, by the way that I, that I coach my, my swimmers, um, the interactions that I've had over the years has been always about promoting excellence in the water and out of the water. Um, I, I'm not necessarily trying to have them win every time because we've, we've talked about this in earlier podcasts. That measure, again, is set out by the leader. And for today, right, if I define success, my swimmers, in this case today, they need to know what I expect of them. And so we have to remember this. I'm the one who defines that success. It's not their job at all. But if I've clearly defined success and I've promoted it, then I'm going to set up my team and the, the kids that are swimming for me I'm going to put them in a position to win, win by the measure that I've given them. And so leaders, if you're out there today and you're in a company and you're thinking, man, I really don't know what success looks like for my team. You need to sit down and write it out because your people, they want to succeed. They want to be successful, but they can't do that until you put them into that position to win. And please hear me when I say this, winning isn't always about beating the other team. You know, Coach Wooden said this uh, to one of his guys, and then he ended up saying it years and years and years at a time. He would say this, success is peace of mind that is the direct result of self-satisfaction of knowing that you made the effort to become the very best that you are capable of becoming. And leaders, you're the one that helps your team understand those capabilities 
because you want them to be able to win so that you can celebrate that success. Now, if it were any other coach in the entire world that said that quote, because he pretty much says it, success isn't always about winning. In fact, winning is just kind of a byproduct of success. And people might say, well, that's, that, that quote is dumb, but it was said by arguably the greatest coach ever to coach in sports. John Wooden, who won 10 championships in 12 years. And so if John Wooden understood that, then we need to understand that all. So believe me that there are several books that are, are written by John Wooden. Read any one of them by any of the guys that he ever coached basketball for. And they would say, basketball was just kind of what we did. Coach Wooden was a teacher of life. So let me bring this uh, a little bit uh, home for us, Amber. If I can clearly define success for my team, then I can help them become champions, whatever that measure is, because being a champion has nothing to do with the other team. You can ask any of my student athletes over the years, the club kids, whatever. The fastest or the best kid on the team isn't always my favorite, necessarily. In fact, that person can be my favorite. And I mean, let's face it, we all have favorites, right? But I'll tell you who my favorite people are, Amber. My favorites are always the people that put in the work, that put in the time. The people that I love to spend time with, to invest time in, whether it's student athletes, or it's CEOs of a company, or it's executive teams that I work with, it's the teams, it's the people that really want to do their absolute very best. That's the standard of excellence. And for my swimmers, I promise them this every year. If you work to the standard that I have set, because I know it's gonna be <laughs> higher than what even you're expecting, then I can promise you that you are gonna reach a standard of excellence. And usually, Amber, they don't even know. They don't even know what they're in store for. And they always come back to me at the end of the year after achieving the success, and they are, they're gobsmacked. And I say, you put in the work because they did their very best. So let me ask you this, Amber. What are some of the ways that you have celebrated success with your with, with your followers, with the leaders that you've been building over the years? What, what's something that, that you remember of, wow, this, this was a really fun win for the team and I loved celebrating it? Well, I feel like I always say this like, wow, I used to be really bad at this, uh, but it's true. I, I used to be terrible at celebrating because I was always thinking about the next thing and learning to slow down and celebrate the wins was really a skill i had to learn to do but there's a lot of different ways that we would celebrate i mean we would do big team celebrations um that was more of appreciation but we sit down together as a team and review things constantly and so after an, an event or um a thing that a project we have done i quickly go through what were our goals because I've learned to set them. What are our goal? What were our goals? How did we accomplish them? Who was key in doing that? And who tried something new this time? Who who gave a little bit extra effort? Or, you know, maybe who did something and you could tell that they weren't super proud of the job that they're done. They did, but I knew it was a stretch for them. And so I try to make notes of that. And then I make sure that I bring it up in our in our review meetings. I get their feedback. How did they feel? And then I'm ready with, 
hey, so-and-so, I saw you do this. You, you make contact with that person. That was amazing. Hey, I know you worked really hard to get this person on board. Great job. Hey, I know that was brand new for you and you've never done it before, but I'm so proud of you for trying. Like all those kinds of things. I think the big celebrations, appreciation gifts, they matter. But I think taking specific notice of what the team members are doing and praising them publicly. And even with, you know, you and I talk about handwritten notes a lot, writing it out, um, but being specific about what it is that I'm celebrating, that makes a huge difference. Everyone likes to know, hey, maybe I wasn't the best, but somebody noticed I tried and that makes them want to show up the next day and try again. And Amber, if I could put a bow on this last point, I would say this. Leaders, here's here's the, the book recommendation of the day. There's a book called The One Minute Manager. And if you don't know how to give one minute appreciations or, or one minute criticisms uh, or, or anything in between, read The One Minute Manager. It's a little book, but you will gain so much from it as I did years and years ago. And I've even read the updated versions now. It's a wonderful book. Pick that up and start celebrating the successes with your team. Yeah, it makes all the difference. So Mo, before we go, do you have any final thoughts for us today? You know, I do. I, I would say this. Leaders, if you want to help your team to succeed, you need to allow them, you need to allow them to know <laughs> when they're succeeding. It's not about, you know, driving the train and just going and going and going. We have to help them on every part of that process, every step. If you give them the ability to see that, and if you communicate clearly, you're going to set your team up for lasting success and you are going to make them and yourself and the company better in the process. And years later, they're going to remind you of that when you come back together. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Again, thank you everyone for joining us today. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.